Hello, Collateral Gaming listeners. Chazzle Dazzle here from the Trial by Air Variety Show podcast. I just wanted to take a few seconds to invite you guys over to what we do. No, it's not video games, but we do invite really awesome and unique bands from all over the world. We dig deep into their souls and find really cool stories to tell you, and there's tons of music every week, so subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcast. We look forward to having you. I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Dakota Chancellor. This is Collateral Gaming. Welcome to Collateral Gaming, the only video game podcast that matters, where we focus on good games, bad games, and everything else in between in the world of gaming. And this is part two of our season finale on Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. If you're listening to this now and you haven't heard part one, please go and check out the first half of this podcast episode. Um, because we're just going to delve right into where we were at before, picking up on the story of this game. So uh, you can probably check that out wherever you're listening to this episode. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, The Works. Um, And if you enjoy this podcast, please uh, let us know. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts uh, and share this with your friends. And... um, Give us some feedback on our social media channels as well. You can find us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the works. Um, but uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get back into Assassin's Creed. Now, as for the modern day segment, um, this kind of standalone story is that um, there were samples that were taken from sub, uh, Subject 16, Desmond which is allowing Abstergo to now explore genetic memories through a cloud computing. So other people can, can you can explore someone else's genetic memories now instead of having to force Desmond to stay in the Animus. You're playing just some nobody. You're playing you exploring Desmond's ancestor, Edward. So again, this actually does continue the, 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 the original line and I think continues through until Syndicate, if I'm not mistaken. I, I could be wrong, but... I'm pretty sure Unity is, but yeah, that that's kind of the kind of the, the main synopsis. I mean, what did you think about the story? I honestly really enjoyed it. It, it kind of took me forward for a ride because when I first started playing the game, I didn't pay too much heed to the story. That makes any sense. I, I didn't heed enough pay enough attention to it. But as I went through, I, and it, it took up to up till honestly Blackbeard's death to really get me because at that point I was like, holy shit, like shit's going down, you know? Yeah. Because they kind of kill him first. He's the first one, to, the first big one to go. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he is the first one. Um, and there's just kind of this continuing story. And, and the main quest is fine. I mean, he, it's easy to, to move along and continue from thing to thing to thing. But I think what really shines the most in this game is, is, is a lot of the side quest content. Oh, yeah, for sure. There is a lot of side quest content. Yeah. But the story is really fun. Like I said, it, it does kind of focus more on the pirate aspect. But it's good for the series to kind of take a step back um, and, and embrace kind of a more uh, simplistic and, and lighthearted story. 
at the same time exposing the time period and and having all of the uh, Assassin's Creed staples that we're used to. So, and what what did you think about the graphics and and I guess just the overall presentation or execution? I, it was very vibrant, as you said before. Um, I noticed it being very yeah. It was it was bright. It was pretty. It was it was it was a, it was good to look at. You know, it was interesting to to watch. Um, it wasn't, I guess, say their best. I think, actually, to be honest with you, with two and two and three, they had almost better graphics. I want to say, but this one, because I don't know, the the angles were a little bit different. Have you noticed in like two and three where it, it's the graphics and the edges seem a little more sharp? You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. Two and Brotherhood and Revelations, replaying them now, even remastered versions, they are quite a bit choppier than I remember them being. Although there were a stark contrast from the first game. This game, um. Actually, I think the graphics are great. I mean, I kind of enjoy the, um, the like, it's, again, the vibrant colors and the uh, the motion in the game is nice feeling. It's, it looks very smooth. Some of the textures are a little off. We do have a little bit of that. Um, like, if you look at distant islands, you know, that are, or, or not even distant, like islands that play, in places that you don't actually climb and interact with, they're kind of funky looking. You can tell that, that they're flat. I, I, and also the, um, the the Switch version looks good as well. But I was playing in handheld mode, and I remember watching Dakota's Wii U version on the screen, and I thought it actually looked better on the TV than it did on my Switch. But I think that's because I was on the handheld. Right. I don't know. See, I, I thought that there was... I'm doing it wrong. I thought the graphics were fantastic. I just... If I were to compare them to, like, 3, I think 3, three was better, to be honest with you. 3 is, is actually pretty close, although 3 had a lot, um, the colors were so much duller. I think this game... That is, is true. This one is more vibrant, like you said. Yeah, it's a more interesting world, and I love the, the way that the sea looks. And the map is huge. Massive. I mean, it, again, like I said, uh, it's, it's one of the bigger Assassin's Creed maps, even to this day. It's, it's actually considered pretty big compared to some of the other ones. And it's honestly the most historically accurate, or, or like real, not historically, but geographically accurate, I should say. Um, to actually the way that the Caribbean looks. I mean, they got the basic outline of all the islands, right? Um, there's some weird stuff, like Port-au-Prince shows up in uh, Freedom Cry, which for the longest time I didn't realize Freedom Cry is just a section of the Black Flag map. I didn't realize it, you know, for a, for a minute there that it was part of the same map, but it is. It's just a smaller zoomed-in section of it. But there's a whole last city that's, then, that's in Freedom Cry that is empty in Assassin's Creed 1. They didn't even use the same game world. It looks like they rebuilt the game world because the islands again match the genu like the general shape that they do, um, but in the same way that the shape in game kind of differs a little bit from real life. Uh, the Freedom Cry map is a little bit different. Uh, like I said, the most jarring change was that whole ass city <laughs> that's just not there. It's just Cliff and Assassin's Creed and, and uh, Black Flag, the main game, but. Um, as far as the, the execution goes, the game, like a lot of Assassin's Creed games, tend to be is a little glitchy. Not as bad as some of the others, um, but there, there is a, are a few bugs in there still, even in you know a patched versions or in the remastered version or on the Switch. Well, I don't know if it's a remastered, actually. I think it's just, port, uh, just a port. I think enhanced, maybe. But in, either way, I mean, it, it, there are a couple segments where you may need to, like, reload your game or whatever to bypass, but not too often. Um, Assassin's Creed does have a bad habit of releasing their games within pretty short times of one another. I mean, they were almost doing yearly releases for a while. They were doing yearly releases at one point. Yeah, a lot of people complained about Unity, right? 
Unity was the one that was really pushed. But there was a, there are a few bugs in, in um, Black Flag, not nearly as many as Unity. And the gameplay, I think, really shines through in this one. Actually, it got generally favorable reviews. It's among the better reviewed and higher ranked in the series among a lot of... Uh, among a lot of critics. I mean, in particular, people praised it for its open world, um, for the side quests, for the graphics, and for the naval gameplay. Yeah, the naval gameplay really did it for most people, I think for me anyway. Yeah, and, and it was an example of Ubisoft responding to criticism of Assassin's Creed 3 and applying it. So we got a superior product to the predecessor. IGN has ranked it as the second best in the series behind the uh, Assassin's Creed 2. Um, and Game Informer ranked it as the fifth best um, to date at the time. There actually were some some benchmarks that were set for open world gameplay as a whole at this point, with a lot of people saying that the side quests were actually superior to the main story. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, the uh, the seamless exploration between land and sea was was also a, a praised aspect of the game. And, and that's the one thing that I liked that stood out to me immediately. Well, definitely, um, we actually also have more flexible stealth than in previous entries. Um, you definitely have a lot more freedom. Yeah, like well, with going you know back and forth from land to sea. I mean, that's the biggest thing. You know, you, the sea travel is so there's so much of that going on and so important to the game. It's like <laughs> you need that freedom <laughs> just to be able to you know collect collectibles and materials and stuff. Yeah, but even in the main quests, you know, within specific missions with specific objectives, there's a lot more freedom as opposed to previous entries and how you decide to go about that. Yeah, that's true. You can decide to go, you know, a more stealth route, which is which is generally pushed, generally encouraged in the series. Or you can go for all-out combat, because technically for most of the game, Edward isn't an assassin. He's just got the tools and somehow um, is trained pretty well. I guess pirate training was, was pretty similar to assassin's <laughs> training. Guess, I don't know. I guess his pirate training was pretty <laughs> great. He knows how to climb. But part of it is because of his, you know, I guess Kid explains it because he's born with the, with the sight, you know yeah, with the with the eagle vision, which means that he actually has um, his DNA is is I think closer to first civilization DNA. Interesting. Yeah, um, there is a lot more freedom when it comes to both stealth and combat. There is a little bit of criticism for the the game being frustrating and having clunkier, unrefined controls. I mean, on occasion we did experience you know the game trying to climb somewhere where we didn't want where it to we go. We didn't want to climb right. And of course, you know, uh, you press, you counter killing and it not comboing or not doing the right button that you press, you know, that happens a lot. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes it, it does, it is a little bit funky, but as a whole, for the most part, I mean, if, if you have to, you can restart from checkpoint and um, get through the game. I, I actually enjoy doing a lot of the, um, like in every Assassin's Creed game, I enjoy the optional objectives. Um, and unlike Assassin's Creed 3, which had a different number per mission, this game has two optional objectives every mission, so it's very standardized. Um, and they're usually things that are maybe a, a way that you would want to go that makes the experience cooler, you know, like air assassinate your target or, you know, kill these two targets together, um, stay undetected. Right, those are required for 100%ing, you know, the, each memory in the game. Right. Like, like previous games, I mean, that precedent was set in Brotherhood with the optional objectives. Right. Um, and also, I don't know, was it, was it Brotherhood that also started the, the, the memories, the each chapter being called memories? Uh, I think every game's done that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's always been memories and sequences. That's actually been um, one of the staples throughout, up until, I think, Origins. Uh, one, there was actually a lot of criticism for the combat for being repetitive and easy and I, I do have to say the combat is stupidly easy 
I mean, I could see how someone could see it as repetitive, but I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, honestly, I had a lot of fun just going around, just killing all the guards, like, in a whole town, just to kill every single one of them, and then yeah. leave and come back, and they're all just mysteriously back, like, nothing happened. And no notoriety in this game for of killing course, guards. zero like, notoriety. It, yeah, and, and like you were saying earlier, at the, or you were starting to say, the notoriety in-game for the ships is not even that big of a deal, because, you know, any hunter ships that come at you, you can just plunder for better resources, and so whenever you've upgraded your jackdaw, I mean, it, you just, you can just, I... The game kind of pushes resetting your notoriety to give you a lot of opportunities to do it. Right. So I kept doing it, but I realized that I wasn't getting a lot of resources for ship upgrades. And yeah, the way I you do that is to, be a pirate. Yeah, I just I just found it being pointless to not even to, to not even clear my notoriety because killing those ships was so easy. I, I would literally take no damage by fighting them. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and it'll allow you to use the hunter ships for Kenway's fleet. Yep, or you can they repair your stats. ship if you do happen to take whatever little bit of damage they do do to you. That was kind of a weird thing. You could be in the middle of a combat with a Ford and a bunch of ships all at the same time. Yeah. But, okay, you board a ship and you go ahead and just repair your ship right there. Okay, you're yep. good to go. You're good to go. <laughs> you healed one health bar. Yeah, but, I mean, it, it was a little weird, but they, how did they kind of make it a little bit? They had to have you be able to heal your ship. I yeah. don't think that was an option that they could do. And, and as far as gameplay goes, it's, it's balanced. You have to, you can repair your ship um, by boarding another ship. And you can only repair it by one bar, or you can go to an island and, and dock and. Um, Maybe they should have just repair. kept it so that you can only repair your ship at, you know, uh, the, the the places where you can buy your upgrades uh, on, the, on the island. What are those called? The, the ship upgrade places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they, they should have kept it just there. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they shouldn't have allowed you to do it in the middle of a battle. Well, I don't know. You could upgrade your ship in your ship. You can just you be can on the sea and upgrade That's your ship. That's really crazy. <laughs> and so there's a lot of things that they did like that to just make and I guess easier and quicker to do things like that. The yeah. captain's quarters. Well, you're in the animus, so it really didn't happen that it way. Really right? It didn't happen that way, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but yeah, we ha we had a we had a lot of fun. I think with the, with the ship upgrades. Um, and the combat is stupidly easy as it is. Is it was fun. Um, the AI is kind of unintelligent, but it just kind of makes you feel more powerful. I think that's kind of the point. Oh, yeah. There was an overall positive response to the story with really the only criticism aimed at kind of a lack of purpose, a compelling villain, and an un underdeveloped, underdeveloped supporting characters. But I don't know. I kind of disagree with that. I thought a lot of the supporting characters were very well developed. Yeah. I mean, I guess all but the Roberts character. <laughs> I mean, Ben Hornigold and Calico Jack and Charles Vane are all people that, you know, kind of uh, betray you at some point in the game. And so it's interesting seeing them go for being your, your friends to um, the villains, but Edward expressing regret nonetheless at seeing them, you know, in their position, seeing Jack dad. I, I like I love that moment in the game where he's like, you were, um, I mean, it, 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 it's, it, it's sad that, I mean, even though you betrayed me, I'm still going to miss you because you made me laugh, you know? Yeah. Well, it's terrible because you you're made like, me laugh and that's enough for me to regret things ended the way they did. That's what he said. Right. Uh, it's crazy because it happens so suddenly you're, you're, you've been kidnapped. Well, you were put on in a prison for like a year and it's that you're a year like in this cage and you, you get let out by the uh, uh, Alta High. I don't. I don't know if Atabai does it or just one of the assassins. I think it was Atabai. I don't want to sound racist, but I can't really tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, but I'm pretty sure it's Atabai. But he comes and he saves you, and you get out and you can go around the the island and you can see other people that were there. And he's just he's been rotting away in the cage. He's just dead. He's just a skeleton. Yeah, and, and, and Vane like, is going crazy oh. in the cell. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Vane is going crazy in the cell, right? 
Oh, it's just crazy to see. Yeah, there's a lot of awesome moments in the story, and I, and I think the 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 general consensus, you know, was that the story was 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 uh, was really good and it was really fun and it was really enjoyable, and and you could tell. Um, like I said before, I think um, focusing on the pirate aspect, uh, the lighthearted tone did favors for Assassin's Creed. The games are known for having really convoluted storylines, and in the modern day, there's still some of that. But this is a pirate story. It's a tale of of redemption and greed and and personal loss and you know, and humbling yourself and and it's and it's enjoyable. And there's plenty of debauchery and and plundering and pirating to go around. That's really just the most enjoyable part I found this found about this game. Really, it's just the yeah the plundering, destroying other ships. It's like oh God, I sea battle is so much fun. Yeah, and and. Kenway, even being the destructive person he is, is is a sympathetic character, a likable character. You know, he's kind of the stunning Chris Hemsworth-like blonde hair, Welsh accent. I know Chris Hemsworth has an Australian accent, but that that was that was kind of an, an unrelated point. He has an accent, okay. You know, and just kind of this this likable guy who, you know, even though he is kind of a dickhead, you sympathize with him and you like him. I bet you Chris Hemsworth could do a Welsh accent. I bet you he could do a good Kenway. I like how I like how he wears eyeliner like pirates always do. <laughs> All right, lads. I'll give you Blackbeard's honest opinion. You ask me, can this new captain promise you a life of prizes, plunder, and adventure? Aye. For amongst all the gentlemen of fortune sailing these West Indies, he ranks amongst the most clever. There was a time when I thought myself the deadliest scourge of these seas. But this man is a fearsome dog that feeds off trouble and turmoil. I seen him clear the deck of a Spanish galleon like it were nothing. Fighting like a devil, dressed as a man. And he's a canny one. Knows his way round every crag and crevice of these islands. So if his fortune and adventure you seek, and Captain Edward Kenway's your man. Only, don't meddle in his private affairs. For there's more mystery of that man than even I dare ask. Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. Black Flag did sell over 15 million copies worldwide. It won several awards, including Spike and Gamma Revolution's Best Action Adventure Game of 2013, uh, GameSpot's uh, PS4 and Xbox One Game of the Year. It won awards from Hardcore Gamer, Giant Bomb, uh, the National Academy of Video Game Trade for Character and Costume Design. 
Um, IGN awarded Black Flag for the multiplayer game of the year, best action adventure game, best story, best uh, sound. We've uh, got awards from Xbox, our official Xbox magazine, the Golden Joystick Awards for best visual design. Uh, Ubisoft Montreal won Studio of the Year, and the best audio, obviously, for the Sea Shanties. Of course, you can't forget that. <laughs> and, and nominated for many more. Um, one thing that was actually kind of interesting was, um, of course, PETA got involved. They get involved in everything. For the depiction <laughs> and glorification of whaling. Of course, Ubisoft went ahead and responded to it. They, they, they entertained them with a response that the game is based on history. And it is a work of fiction which depicts real events during the golden era, era of pirates that they do not condone the practice. Um, it's just there. It's being realistic. That's what they did. It's not saying that it's good. It's not saying that there's no glorifying it there. It's not glorifying killing people either. Right. Exactly. So PETA just always likes to raise controversy. I, I, they're, they're just always clamoring for attention. And despite the jokes that we make with Bo, I mean, we, we, I respect veganism. We respect vegetarianism. Just PETA just takes it so far with everything. <laughs> Fuck PETA. <laughs> we respect nothing. Don't let him fool you. <laughs> yeah, Bo, if you're listening to this, fuck your veganism. No, just kidding. Love you, buddy. All right. So we've also got DLC, as mentioned before, the Freedom Cry DLC. I got to try it out for the first time on the Switch. Um, it's set 20 years after, and it features Eddie Wale as the hero, the uh, protagonist. He's been operating under the assassins, although he temporarily joins the maroon cause and he gets to free slaves and shit. And let me tell you, nothing's more satisfying than freeing slaves. Uh, a lot of the same naval combat and its own upgradable uh, Experto Creed ship. Experto Creed, something like that. Uh, and, and weapons like the uh, machete and the blunderbuss. Um, a lot more than than uh, it's different. It's it's very very similar to Black Flag, but it's it's got its own distinction. And you know, if it had been expanded on, could have honestly been its own game. That would have been interesting. Yeah, <laughs> um, there was a free Aveline del DLC that was exclusive to the PlayStation versions. It was on the Switch version. I played it as well. It's like it's like three three chapters. It's it's really not much of anything at all. But it's kind of cool. You play as Adeline, Aveline. Um, and then, obviously, it was uh, succeeded by the next-gen game, Assassin's Creed Unity, which takes place in France during the French Revolution, and Assassin's Creed Rogue, which I guess I kind of want to talk about a little bit, because Rogue is a very, very, very similar to Black Flag. I mean, hell, the UI is the same, the control system is the same, the naval combat's the same, um, but you play as a Templar, um, an assassin turned Templar, um, and his ship is actually more technologically advanced. In a lot of ways, it's a little more polished and refined. But Assassin's Creed did have the better world, I think, and, then, and, and the better story and the better atmosphere. Black Flag? Yeah, for sure. I did like the graphics in Rogue. I did like playing as a Templar and using the different Templar gadgets. And again, it, it is very similar. If you like Black Flag, you'll probably like Rogue, too. Because it, it's oftentimes criticized for being too much like, but Black Flag was a step in the right direction, and every other game after that went in a completely different direction for no reason, <laughs> even though Black Flag in and of itself, it's kind of like Assassin's Creed keeps on trying to reinvent itself. Sometimes it's successful. Black Flag, yes. Um, Unity, no. Origins, yes. 
<laughs> yeah, after that, it, it kind of completely went a different direction. So, and and it's almost like Rogue is too similar. But I I don't have any big issue with it. It was developed very quickly. It was released simultaneously with the next gen release as a since Unity wasn't being made available for last gen because they didn't want to hold it back. They just decided to use a separate team and develop a game, and they just reused assets from uh, Black Flag. So when you have that context. Um, it's not that big of a deal. And both games are packaged together on the Switch version, which which is one of the ports of the game. Assassin's Creed, the Rebel Collection, that's what I was playing. Overall, I love Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. It's memorable for me. It's memorable for both of us. I think it's very representative of some of the best aspects of Assassin's Creed. Particularly the audio. Yeah. <laughs> the soundtrack was just so amazing. It's, it sets itself apart from all the other ones. Ah, daddy. <laughs> that, that 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 soundtrack just just makes me want to nut. It's great. Lever Johnny Lever. <laughs> Lever Johnny Lever. What will we do with a drunken sailor? Bangers. Oh, Billy Riley. Main theme. All of the themes. <laughs> we can sit and listen to it and be like, oh yeah, that was this theme for this. I mean, it is just a banger. You can get all that on Apple Music. It's it's probably Spotify and everywhere else too. But I know I've listened to it on Apple Music. Here's a question, okay? Out of the Assassin's Creed games that you've played, where would you rank this one? Honestly, this is probably my favorite one. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited. I haven't actually played Odyssey or Origins, and I know I'll be excited to play Valhalla. So, yeah. you know, I'm keeping my hopes up. But uh, right now, this is number one on the spot. So Yeah, I figured as much. Um, for me, maybe... It's hard to say. I want Part of me just wants to say number two, because um, Assassin's Creed 2 is so good. Brotherhood, it really expands on that in a lot of ways as well. There's just It's just such a tight, perfect story. But Assassin's Creed 4 does so many other things right, too. It's hard to say. And then I like the direction that they went with Origins and Odyssey. I think they really reinvented the franchise, but kind of fell away from a lot of the stealth as, uh, aspects. Um, this game actually maintains a lot of that still. Um, it's just that you have a little bit more freedom. And you don't necessarily have to be restricted to stealth, um, which kind of seems like since then the, the series has in a lot of ways tried to move away from that and allow more open combat, which is kind of weird because one of the original tenets of the Creed is to uh, t that they act in secrecy. But <laughs> but anyway, I mean, that's just kind of the point. I have seen that with the more recent game, stealth was kind of relegated to more of um, more of just an aspect of the game, like any game that happens to feature stealth. It would be nice if the game, if, if they went back in the direction of encouraging stealth and pushing it, because I feel like this is Assassin's Creed. I mean, in the last game, you weren't even an assassin. <laughs> it was pro, pre, pre the assassins, because <laughs> Origins was the, the origin of it when they were called the Hidden Ones, and then Odyssey was before that. <laughs> You're an ancestor of the progenitor of the Assassin Order. Sort of. <laughs> I guess this would be like a solid like number two or number three on my rank list. It's up there. It's very it's very near to the top. And depending on my mood, it, it can be on the top. <laughs> Final thoughts? Honestly, um, really enjoyed this game. Uh, they really did. They set new, like I said, precedents with this game. Uh, they did a really good job. I, I have no complaints over it. Honestly, this is one of my favorite games of all time. It has infinite replay value. This is one of the few games that you actually want to sit through 100% and not feel bored by doing it. So, says the guy that didn't 100% it. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. But, you know, I, I was had a lot of other things on my plate. But to be honest with you, that this is one of those games that I don't mind doing that. I really don't. 
yeah, actually, that was something I wanted to mention. You know, because like we said before, the side quests are, are, are really fun, uh, and they don't feel like a chore. They really managed to make it. I think I made that point that Assassin's Creed did a good job of that, but in particular, this game did. I think this is the game that I think about when I say that. Even having to stop every once in a while and collect a fragment or a chest on some uncharted island, it was a little bit of a chore, but I'm glad. But I, I, I still felt motivated to do it along the way, and then to I didn't have so much until the end. Those weren't, even, those weren't even as annoying as the sea shanties. It's catching the damn shanties. Yes, because <laughs> you have to go a specific direction to follow it, and sometimes you're hit. The it's why this is where it gets a little glitchy. Is the walking and the and the traversing and jumping on things. It's hard to time it right and be faster or just as fast as it. Yeah, some missions, um, the parkour was a little clunky, and mm -hmm. I couldn't go what was obviously the recommended path for the mission smoothly. Um, right. But any <laughs> the, other the sea path. shanties were a little annoying. But when she figured out the trick to them, exactly. By stepping, getting them from the opposite direction, sometimes you could get them much more quickly than you would anticipate. Yeah, you have to collect the, the shanties, blowing in the wind, like um, like Benjamin Franklin's almanac pages from AC3. And once you collect them, then your sailors start to sing them. So it's actually kind of cool that, you know, as you progress through the game, you sing your sailors will sing more sea shanties based on what you've collected. Yeah, it's a really cool aspect. And they're all real shanties. They're bangers. Um, I remember singing uh drunken sailor and like my, my mom recognized it she's like yeah i know what that song is everybody knows that song okay <laughs> i remember you said it in the mountains of colorado you and your friends were just singing sea shanties yep. right no it was a lot of fun it, i remember it very clearly <laughs> <laughs> i guess as far as my final thoughts go i i definitely think that this game is a great uh representation of the series overall it has some of the most fun aspects of the series uh it, it's it's just a blast to play um it's a refreshing change of pace i think in a lot of ways but has a timeless quality to it as well i can go back and easily get into the controls they're easy to to i will say that they're easy to to ease yourself back into if you haven't played in a while i i actually never i'd beat the game almost 100 percent, but i was missing like two legendary ships and one um story like one final like the final story mission so I remember, like, for years, I was stuck there. And so when I picked up this game, I finally finished my original save file on the Wii U, and then I replayed through the entire game on the Switch. I remember just getting right back into it. It, it was actually pretty easy. So I will say that. There's, there's definitely a very timeless quality to it. But that's pretty much it. You can find Collateral Gaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. That's basically a wrap-up on, on Season 2 I mean, I mean, again, just to reflect a little bit, uh, wh what has been some of your favorite uh, games from the season? I can never forget God of War. Honestly, God of War is probably one of my favorites. God of War is, is one of my favorites. Like, it's, it's definitely in my top five games of all time now. Um, it was that fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Obviously, I enjoyed Death Stranding. There was a lot of hype for that one. Death Stranding. Whether was cool. or not it may have lived up to it, you know, we don't know, but. <laughs> It did for us. We really enjoyed that. I mean, Kojima's a fucking weirdo, but it's a He's fun a weirdo, game. weirdo, but he did put a lot of effort into that game. Yeah. Not for everyone, but we enjoyed it. Um, Red Dead 2 was finally good to get in, get on that bandwagon and, and really enjoy it. So there were a lot of, there were a lot of bangers this, this season. And we also picked up a few uh, crew members along the way. We recruited them like in Assassin's Creed. Uh, we're super excited about season three. We're going to be starting up the season with Le The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. That's going to be our season premiere, followed by our Halloween special on Until Dawn. We're going to try to get those out by the end of October. I mean, we have to. It's Halloween. So um, we're, we're kind of running on, on time here, but 
we're we're doing all right. We we this is we finally got to the season finale. We're supposed to do this back in August. <laughs> Here it is October, but we got it done. Um, it's been an awesome season. I've had a lot of fun with it. I liked the bonus round segment that we introduced. That was cool. I liked being um, starting that again and having this more like laid back, unedited, um, topical format. And I'm excited to continue doing. Um, one change that we are making next season, and, and I don't think this. I'm not sure if I'll be cut it, doing it with this episode. Um, we did it with Spyro. We split it into two. I'll see if I can split this into two sections. I may just release it as one. But starting next, because we don't, we're just at a little over an hour and we're feeling tired. But well, there's more we could say. But <laughs> I, I feel like it's it's better to just play the game and find out. Yeah, starting next next season, we're going to start doing uh, two-part episodes. We'll record two hours of content and then release those bi-weekly. Between that and the bonus round content, which we're going to do on the off weeks, and that's mainly me and Zach working on that now. We'll have some kind of a week, weekly content, it seems. Um, and on occasion, we may have also like our holiday specials. That's the plan. I think that it's going to be an awesome season. I'm really excited about it. We didn't get a little uh, any of a break, but we kind of got a mid-season break anyway. And I'm I don't really need any more time. I mean, I'm I'm ready. I've been playing some Majora. It was fun to get back into that world again. We played a little until dawn. I played ahead on some of the other games that we're doing to be announced. Thanks for for sticking with us. Thanks thanks for for having our backs. Thanks for listening. Please uh, let us know how you feel. Leave us a, a review and hopefully a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Share it with your friends. Let them know um, what your favorite video game podcast is. Collateral Gaming. Um, listen to Collateral Cinema Movie Podcast. If you haven't, but I've been rocking on that one as well. We got our season finale out on Best Friends. We're opening up with our season premiere this month as well, right before Collateral Gaming with Fateful Findings. So Bo and Robert and I are, are going to be talking about Neil Breen finally. And it was, uh, it's, that's going to be a blast. We're actually going to start recording two episodes in one session. That's a new thing we're doing. Wow. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So we're kind of doing the same thing. We're recording once a month, re- releasing bi-weekly there. We're just going to back to back record two episodes. It's the way a lot of podcasts do it. Makes sense. If, uh, if you need more collateral gaming content, I do have some more Patreon content out. Finally got out what we had on the, uh, Zelda breath of the wild, um, which is not all the game, but we'll return to it at some point and kind of finish up that. But at least we have, you know, some of that out. I did release the Zelda CDI as well. Our Fable 3 Let's Play is free. The first episode of every other Let's Play is free. The rest of it is paid content. Getting caught up on some of the uh, the video stuff as well. There's a lot to do. Um, also, the as we mentioned earlier, the Perfect Paradox podcast. It's hosted by a streamer of mine, Jax. Uh, <laughs> A friend of mine, Jax, who's a streamer, um, I actually know him from high school, and he's he's actually pretty big. He's one of the top 50 Apex players in the world, and he's, he's at the level cap 500, and it was really awesome playing with him and, and, and some other friends um, and talking with them. Uh, we had a really good podcast. Uh, we've Their version's out on their YouTube channel. Our version should be out soon as well. I'm, I'm going to throw a little bit of the collateral gaming flair on there and go from there, but... Um, anyway, we've uh, pretty much reached the end of our spiel. Um, we hope y'all stay safe. Um, have a have a pleasant time listening to podcasts and playing games and watching movies. You know, um, stay tuned for uh, our upcoming content, and we'll see you in season three. We will see you then. Out.
Collateral Gaming is an L Company production. All music and game clips are owned by their respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor. Now you're ready to sail for the horn. Play, roll, and go. Our boots and our clothes, boys, are all in the horn. To be rollicking, randy, dandy, oh. Heave up, oh, heave away. Play, roll, and go. The anchor's on board and the cable's all stored. To be rollicking, randy, dandy, oh. Soon we'll be warping her out through the locks. Way, roll and go. Where the pretty young girls all come down in their frocks. To be rollicking, randy, dandy, oh. Heave up, oh, heave away. Way, roll and go. The anchor's on board and the cable's all stored. To be rollicking, randy, dandy, oh. Come breast the bars, bullies, heave her away. Way, roll and go. Soon we'll be rolling her down through the bay. To be rollicking, randy, dandy, oh. Heave up, oh, heave away. Way, roll and go. The anchor's on board and the cable's all stored. To be rollicking, randy, dandy, oh.